Hello and welcome to a brand new, or the second instalment of a brand new podcast. Who's round is it? Where each week, myself, Flaz and Ross dip into the kitty and pull out another topic to discuss with you guys. This week it is the turn of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and stand-up comedy. He's looking forward to it, lads. Absolutely, you know it's it's you know it's a festival that's right on your doorstep, and it's an absolute class. Yeah, as much as, as much as as much as I say, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going, but, but having said that, I have been in previous years, so yeah, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant festival, and it gets a lot of comedians on the map as well. Yep, um, and I believe Ross, that you're going to start us off with some icebreaker questions. Icebreaker, icebreaker questions that you've written. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, in future weeks, we will write our own questions, but we we, we hadn't really worked out how we were going to do it. But um, yeah, we'll do the typical icebreaker questions. Um, first one is, what is the strangest gift you have ever received? Now, I'll kick this one off. Um, <laughs> my dad. I love him, right? <laughs> but you got your dad. Honestly, he's pulled out some crackers over the years in terms of gifts. Not just for me, but for my mum and that as well. But like the the the, the, the strangest gift I've ever received from my dad is a pair of gloves gardening gloves because one summer I said I was into gardening <laughs> so that, that would be mine maybe, maybe um, he was telling you something mate maybe he was telling you like you're going to be helping me out in the garden <laughs> you know, maybe that was your maybe. I, think, I think for me uh, it was definitely strange when you consider my situation and my auntie uh, bought me a pair of football boots age 9 <laughs> Talk about a wasted gift or talk about starting um, shattered dreams before they've even begun. And by the way, see the year later, I took the football boots and I went to try out for the school football team and I didn't get in and I started crying. So there we go, it's my auntie's fault. I, th- oh. I, think, I think mine, um, I, was just, I was just getting into my football at the time, you know, starting supporting the beloved Dundee. And um, it was the following Christmas... My gran, like, I was, like, ripping open and I could see there was players on the front and it was blue. It looked like a calendar. But the problem was, it was a Rangers calendar. So, I mean, the reason that I can remember it so clearly is because uh, we managed to get some family videos converted to DVDs. And, like, I just I just open it and I look at it and I'm, like, such in such disgust. Like, I'm basically raging... Like, I'm just sitting there in a soak, like, not talking to anybody. Wasn't it strange? It was, it was kind of embarrassing, you know, like, kind of, like, opening it, and it's not even your team. <laughs> what am I about to do with this? We're all hanging off no more. I think we've all had gifts like that. Um, right, okay. Most embarrassing thing you have done. I'll let you... Right, so I, th- I think maybe a lot of people have been in this situation where um, we've been on a night out and we've got a bit too drunk yeah, and basically I was sick at the bar all over myself. I think that's probably the most embarrassing thing in front of a full night club. That's probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Classy. Aye. Stay classy, stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> I, I, 
Scotty say I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily embarrassing. I think it's quite funny. But it's probably like when you look at it or hear about it for the first time that it was like, Fraz, you done that? I'm like, oh I didn't did I? Um I done a grand national, you know, like in Dundee. <laughs> City uh, centre, <laughs> jumping hedges with uh, a few of my close friends, including uh, Ross. <laughs> I know, I'm just um, about to say, I was there. <laughs> including Ross. Um, it, was the, it was like obviously embarrassing when you get told that you've done it, but looking back, it's quite funny, you know, just like actually jumping over hedges. <laughs> it's like an art, an art museum or something. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... I remember that night uh, very, very well. That was that was good. We also the kiddie bat races as well, if I remember correctly. Was that the same night? <laughs> yeah, that was the same night. <laughs> so um, yeah, good times. Um, actually, I've, I'm going to change my story here because Stevie, you've reminded me of a night out I had. I went to the pub one night, right? And I thought for yeah. for, for some reason a quarter bottle of rum straight was a good idea before the pub to catch up with everybody else because I was quite late in going mm-hmm. out. So I went to the pub, absolutely leathered, like the, the worst I think I've ever been. And uh, I text uh, what I assumed to be my brother to pick me up. <laughs> and so I text him, right? And I don't remember any of this. So I text him and I, I looked at it and he picked me up and I was legless and all the rest of it, collapsed in the garden and all the rest of it. Anyway, took me back to my bed, all the rest of it. Next day, and, like, I just remember, like, my brother telling me about the, like, you, like, I had to get your mate to text me because you didn't text me. I was like, I wonder who I texted <laughs> to pick me up. <laughs> so so I, then, I then looked at my phone and I, I texted my football manager to pick me up from the pub, right? So, and then uh, he goes, uh, he sent me like he was quite sort of grammarly correct with his, his stuff, and he was like, "Oh, Ross, uh, I, I don't suppose this was for me." Blah blah blah, and I, I must have just read it and been like, "Look, so you're picking me up or not?" <laughs> so, so basically, I ended up. Uh, yeah, that that was quite embarrassing to be honest. I had to explain that one at training on Wednesday night. So. Did they have the same names at least? No, <laughs> not even remotely the same. So yeah, God. good good times. Good times. Um, next one is uh, any food combinations that you love that other people may find weird. No, I mean, I, I know I'm quite a. I like my food, but what I eat tends to be what food that people would normally. Eat. So, but the most outrageous I could go. Is um cheese and tuna. That's about it. But they tend to complement each other quite well. But I will put one out there. I'm saying that my uncle likes to put tomato sauce on a curry, which I find absolutely oh, disturbing. Oh. Absolutely disturbing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. See when people put tomato sauce on macaroni cheese. Just accept yep. you don't like macaroni cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Just accept that. <laughs> like, if you're masking the flavour of macaroni cheese with tomato sauce, you don't like macaroni cheese. Like, I don't eat macaroni cheese. I, I do eat it, but I wouldn't choose it if that makes sense. I certainly wouldn't put tomato sauce over it. I'm, no, I'm going to... On the... On the topic of this strange food combinations, I'm going to keep in the line with the, the cheese... 
and I see your tuna and I raise you jam. Jam and cheese on like a like sandwich, a roll, toast. Absolutely class. Do not knock it until you try it. You've been watching Who's Owns, is it? Thanks for tuning in. Good night. <laughs> Honestly, like, I remember like, my mum basically told me, I was like, your Aunt Eugene used to like this when when you were, when she was younger. And I was like, cheese and jam, really? And she's like, honestly, try it. I was like, do you like it? She's like, no, no, I don't like it. I'll make it for you, though. So I have it. And it's class. So okay, It's a very American thing, that. Very American thing. But, yes, I'm not also American, just to emphasise yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah. my, my, my one is, uh, I get slated for this a lot, but ketchup and mayonnaise on a bacon roll. God. I get, I get, I get it's also nice knowing you, Ross. <laughs> I, get, I get rinsed for that a lot, um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my food combination. I've got this theory, and I've always had this um, theory that you would like meet my mate Sean Houston because he loves football and he loves still gaming, particularly Ross. And you've just confirmed our theory with that because he also does what you've just done there and likes to put two sauces on things. It has not always a ketchup mayonnaise combination, but two sauces all the time. I, I, I do not understand it. It just it be too much a clash for me. But anyway. Each to their own. Each to their own, yeah. Um, Right, okay. Next question is your dream holiday if money was no limit? I mean, Craig Tarrell. <laughs> <laughs> That's twice in a row. That place has been mentioned. Brad's is splashing out. Uh, just before, just before I move on, Castle. Just before I move on with, with my answer, and um, holding has commented. He went through a phase of adding tomato ketchup to mac and cheese. Safe to say he's grown up since then. That's good to <laughs> um, and he's got another one for us: prawn cocktail bacon roll. That's that's something. So is that like? An actual prawn cocktail at the start, like you would get a prawn cocktail crisps on top of a bacon roll. I don't know, just inquiring there. But no, in terms of a holiday, I'd also um, like to emphasize I'd not complete like Craig Tara. I mean, that's not my idea of a dream holiday, right? Okay, right. So, is, is there any way for us apart from Craig Tara? I got a feeling you've got to say salt quotes or something, <laughs> Blackpool. <laughs> you are. Um, I, I tell you, like this is like even before the Olympics went, or obviously the Olympics came, and before all that, uh, I've always wanted to go to Japan. Uh, I just feel like it's just such an interesting country, and uh, my my interest started purely because of uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. But somewhere that you know, like as I've got older, I've kind of just read about and started to appreciate that a bit more. So, Aye, well, fair enough. Paul says that he'll eat anything on a wrap, and Sean says um, double dipping is rancid. I confirm that that is big Sean, no more mate Sean Houston. So, yeah, Sean Houston wasn't making me look like that after there. Uh, but no, I, th- I think for me, I would love, I've got an obsession with theme parks, right, boys? So, I would love to travel America and go across America and just go to as many theme parks as I could. And I know, Ross, you mentioned last week when we did this that you get a phobia of heights, so that's what I'd, safe right. to say you wouldn't be coming with me um, on that <laughs> holiday. <laughs> so it was like a darts tournament or something I'd come with you, but nah, nah. Um, for me, Vietnam. 
I don't know why, but like the, I saw an episode on Top Gear once where they did a, a Vietnam special where they all went about on motorbikes and that, and it just seems class. Like it just seems really, really good. So Nam yeah, changes a man. That's yeah. what, that'd probably be the only Nam changes you, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I don't. I don't know why. I just quite fancy that to be honest with you. But it's probably too far in terms of a flight for me. I don't think I could be arsed with a whole flight. <laughs> <laughs> Can imagine yeah. you like standing up midway through going, oh, right. hey there, oh, yeah. I had it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I don't work in the food industry and get up and meal me. It does, it does. Well. I forgot to go. mention that makes a Mary Rose sauce. So there we go, like you know, there is method to a my wee, a wee Mary Rose sauce. Mm. I take back what I said. Anyway, <laughs> next question, Ross. Next question. Um if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, don't try out for that school football team once you're at <laughs> You'll get your heart broken. Don't text your football coach when you aren't picked up so from the pub. Um, on the Grand National drunk. <laughs> um, for, for me, it'd probably be just sticking at school because, like, I know they all say that and you just don't listen at the time. You don't listen, and then it just ends up like if you get such good results at school, you get a good course at uni, you get a good degree, and you get a good job. And schoolwork yeah. is a lot easier than college and uni. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think, no, I think a serious answer for me would probably be uh, don't be afraid to just go for it because uh, you won't end up regretting things. I think probably I, I wanted to start the YouTube channel for a while and it took me ages to eventually do it. So now that I've done it, I've just I'm seeing the fruits of my labour. So should, should I say be going for it? So bye, that would be my advice. Don't be scared to just go for it. <laughs> Mine's would be uh, Leicester City, 5,000 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> St Johnston Cup double, 10,000 to 1. <laughs> Or uh, put put all your uh, put all your money in a in a video conferencing software called Zoom. Sean says uh, uni isn't everything. Mine no, no, that's that's true. It's a, it's a fair comment. It's um, yeah, I think that there's an element of real life skill out there as well that you need to learn. But I think if you stick in at school, it gives you a good platform, and it's then up to you after that. You know, yeah. I mean, uni's not all education. Though uni does teach you, like, if you go away, like, say, like, if you were away studying in like Edinburgh, like, or like Glasgow, Dundee, Aberdeen, or whatever, you know, you're like becoming a, you know, you're it's like developing you. You know, you're becoming independent. So yeah. I can see that point as well. It's yeah. not just about getting a good education; it's like developing yourself. Totally, agree. totally. Agree. What's next on the agenda? Um, next on the agenda is uh, who was your first celebrity crush? Um, I don't uh, know. I'm going to answer this one first before oh, Stevie steals it. Um, <laughs> young, young Fraz um, had a, a real fancy for uh, <laughs> Avril Lavigne. He <laughs> stole uh, my woman. Yeah, boy. Said to you later, I mean, boy. Oh, that, that, that was the one, and uh, freak out. Um, which was also the theme of uh, our beloved sports scene back in the day. Yeah. And there we go, it kicked it off from there. Stole my woman. Totally <laughs> waved again. Totally <laughs> waved again. No, I'm joking. Um, 
Like, if I can't have Avril Lavigne, I'm going to need to go to my much younger self and to say Trish Stratus for WWE. Although I will say, I knew I'd grew up when I realised that Lita was a better looking one at the two. That's when I knew I'd became a man. <laughs> anyway, um, for, for me, for, for me, it's Jessie J. And don't ask why. I think it was just the whole, when she was on The Voice thing. I don't know. <laughs> Right, just it just was. Um, your favourite breakfast cereal, guys? Oh, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I got told the other weekend, and um, my mate was helping me at the toilet, and that my pee smelt like these. Um, what? <laughs> it's a it's a comedy show. I'm trying to give people a laugh. You know, with um, sugar puffs. Your pee smells like sugar puffs? I don't know. Apparently, my pee smells like sugar puffs. But anyway, um, I sugar puff for me. Sure, Wayne's cereal, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, what what cereals are there out there for adults that you can actually say that you're actively <laughs> like, so? yeah. That's That's a men's cereal, that. Yeah. Uh, it's an adult cereal. Uh, no. right, for, for me, uh, which is probably even more childish, Cocoa Pops for me. Before yes. they before they took all the bloody sugar out of them, cocoa pops are the yeah. one. Absolutely, yeah. cocoa pops with blue topped or gold topped milk. <laughs> cocoa pops and milk make a bowl full of fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> make a bowl full of heart disease, man. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with gold topped milk. <laughs> Paul uh, Paul wants his golden nuggets and uh, cinnamon. Yeah. Yes, and, curiously uh, cinnamon. They they're good as well. I like them. They're good too. But I know cinnamon grams are a little bit different though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um Franz, are you are you on the Cocoa Pops train as well? Are you? Absolutely, mate. Cocoa oh, yeah. Pops still a die. Yeah. Um, Probably the death will be Cocoa Pops. Yeah. Um House Party, pub or nightclub? Um for me for me, house party. A gaff? Yeah. House party. <laughs> I, we should don't, like we should don't get we should don't get arseholes at house parties unless they're gate crashers. <laughs> gate crashed uh, no. a party with you before and we were arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> Russian fans were the arseholes at the party. There you go. Uh, but no, for me, I, I'm going to give a wee bit of a, a cop out answer. I know you meant to pick one, but I like to start in the pub and then head to house party after that. I think because I always think that you can get a good you can get a good conversation in the pub. I think a nightclub for me. It's good, right? It's good, especially if you do it with the lads and you're not having a dance, but it's very difficult to get a conversation in a nightclub. I think you're always shouting at folk. And for someone with cerebral palsy who produces excess saliva, I don't really like the thought of spitting in people's ears for three years. Do you know what I mean? So, aye. So, not for me, that. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, if it was to, like, you know, your ideal night, uh, it'd probably just be in the pub, yeah. Um, as you say, like, a nightclub can be a bit loud. I mean, I'm not knocking a house, but I've just not been to one in absolute years, so probably the pub. Yeah. Mm, there we go. Yeah. The pub. Uh, the pub. The pub. The epicenter where it all oh, kicks oh. off. <laughs> the pub. <laughs> um, right. You can only have two courses run out for dinner. Are you skipping the starter or the dessert? I'm skipping dessert. Every day of the week, I'm a savoury man. Seconded that. Um, Couple uh, of weirdos, man, honestly. <laughs> 
Why is this culture then the video? So am I. How am I not cultured? <laughs> oh. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm definitely skip the starter. However, if there was like seven courses on offer, I'd have all seven. It wouldn't be a case of if you could only have two courses, I'd be damned making sure I get yeah. a three. So, <laughs> yeah. And before we move on, we got a question here from Holden. Do you think that going back to nightclubs would be the same? I don't think I'll be going back, to be honest, he says. I mean, I don't think so. I don't. I think it's going to take a long time to get back to any form of normality, even if they're opening. Um, but I'll still be there next week, regardless. Yeah. So. Yeah. To be fair, I think I was getting too old for them before lockdown anyway, so... <laughs> God, God, if you're too old for them, Ross, what does that make me mad about? <laughs> um, edit, edit that comment. <laughs> edit. <laughs> nah, um. Aye, um, Roscoe um, says in the comments that skipping the starter because they're usually... They're really, what's it? But, um, yeah, I think sometimes you get that with desserts too. Like, if you know that desserts are bought in from somebody... Like say like a, a Nando's dessert. Nando's dessert's rubbish because it's just all yeah. like bought in. So yeah. see, see, that's the thing as well. See what restaurants do. Like you know, like obviously the menu comes and it's got like the starters and the main on the same menu. And they've got a separate dessert menu. You could be like if they had the desserts, you could like plan it and you could go right. I have that for my main, then I will have that for my dessert. But then like. You have to like gamble a wee bit, you know. You, you know, like, I'm going to miss my starter. There's good options, but I want a dessert tonight, so I'm going to go for my main and then hope there's a really good dessert on the menu. Oh, I, I'm just getting this image in my head to everybody that works in the restaurant turning into you, and going, gamble. What should they do, folks? Gamble. Right, give me that dessert menu. <laughs> Welcome to whose bill is it? <laughs> Ross agrees. He does. Yeah, yeah it does. Like, but see with these big chains and that, they all just buy in their desserts. So they're, don't get me wrong, they're okay, but they're nothing like spectacular. But I'd rather like a a, a homemade starter than a shop bought dessert. You know. Um, the last question is um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is what we're speaking about uh, this week. With obviously the Fringe starting pretty eminently, is known for its variety of putting on a performance. And um, what kind of show would yours be if you had a show at the Fringe? Hmm. I mean, um, me and Stevie. Um, Stevie's going to be a trapeze artist. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I never do that. <laughs> I better get practicing. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go boring and say stand-up comedy because it's something that I've always wanted to try. Um, I don't want to make that cheap joke and go, maybe not the stand-up part, but no, it's it's, it's something that, I, that, that even when I was younger, I thought, I can, I can maybe go, have a go at this, but then I realised that people get fed up with the, the, the disabled jokes 24-7, and it would be, very much become like a Frankie Boyle with cerebral palsy, and people would just get fed up. Um, so I, if, if you were to push me, I would go stand-up comedy. Yeah. For, I think for me, obviously I play a few instruments, it'd probably be a music show. That would that would be mine. Nice. A wee, a wee band or something, you know. Plenty, plenty of variety in those answers, and uh, that's what we're going to, going to talk about with the French. What is it that makes the French so good? So um boys, what is it for you? For me, something that I've just mentioned there, the variety definitely is um something that, that makes it so good. 
Yeah, and I think in terms of how famous it is as well, like all over the world, not just in Edinburgh. It's, it's how yeah. global it is and how well it travels. And it suits everybody. If you don't like a certain type of comedy, you go and watch another type of comedy. Or you're just there for the experience. You know, it, it suits so many different people. I think it, as well, it's really important that you be spontaneous if you're going to these things and you, you don't you don't close yourself off to just to just doing, doing the one thing and, and stay in your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, right. I I think one of the, like, as you say, like, how much of an audience it attracts, yeah, it's probably, like, the amount of people that come to Edinburgh, you know, like, for that period of time, you know, from, like, all different, like, nationalities, and, you know, it's mad how, like, you know, you just think, like, people in, like, for example, Brazil getting a, like, a leaflet through their door, Edinburgh French Festival in August, and then they start, like, saving money just to come to Edinburgh for those weeks or days or whatever. It's absolutely mad. It's like the amount of nationalities that hit Edinburgh. Yeah. I found out something incredible while I was doing my research for the show, boys, that the fringes actually, ticket sales-wise, the third uh, highest event in sales behind only the World Cup and the Olympics. And that, that to me, was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. That's mad. It's just... It is, it's a brilliant thing. And it, it's obviously... It gives these young or not necessarily young comedians but comedians that are starting out in in the comedian world a platform that they wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else and it gives them an opportunity to do something and who knows you might ever get you might get picked up you know <laughs> uh, ross says the atmosphere for him is something that he really enjoys Whereas uh, Holden is saying it's the diverse acts for him if you want to see old Doris on the banjo. <laughs> She's there. Um, so if you're gone, be sure to have a look at for uh, old Doris on the banjo. And as it says on the ticker there, comment your experiences. John's came in with one. He says finding the bath that served the same wine that was at her mate Martin's wedding. Or getting a picture in the bath, which if you suppose if you want to go to my Facebook and check, you can see a photo of me showing my mate Mark. I'll share in the bath. So there you go. Aye. Um, I think as well for me, boys, to throw another one out there, you get a lot of free stuff. There's the free gigs, I think. I think that's brilliant for me. And and it really is. It's a festival for anyone. Yeah. Um, no, when you go for that? Now, I was going to say, like, that's probably, like, one of the things that, you know, helps, like, attracts, like, you know, the audiences. The audience, the audiences is probably the you know like the free element you know the element that you know you're going to be like you may or may not be entertained but you know like you just don't know what you're going to get with a free act really you know you could like you could walk into like a comedy like a, co a comedy show like with only like fifty people in the audience but you could be like potentially watching a comedian that could blow up in the next year. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at what it's done. It's done so much for so many folk. Um, Billy Conway, the likes of him, uh, uh, he's spunky success, I think. Even the likes of Russell Howard and that performed it back in the day. So it, it's a huge platform for um, um, big stars. And it's, as I say, you can get to see them for really cheap prices. But I, I like the comment on the, the social aspect of it here as well. Um, from us, it's always good to get talking to people from different countries because I think that's something that necessarily you only get really when you go abroad on a holiday is like obviously meeting people from all over the place and the fringe. It just 
playing everybody together. You know what I mean? Love that. Yeah. No, definitely. I think uh, ditto what you're saying. It's it's just it's just so good. Like it it really really is good. And if anybody that's watching this hasn't been, go because it, yeah. it really is worth it. Um, I I was never on my radar, and I've always been a, a fan of stand up comedy, but it's never really been something I'd, I'd thought about before. And we done it, and uh, yeah, it was a, a great great experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to one of the free gigs as well and I, I wasn't I didn't know what to expect because they took us into this wee tiny room like it was so tiny like you were literally knee to knee to the person beside you and you could have a conversation with every single person in the room including the people that were acting at this drama I think if I remember right the drama was about students that lived in a flat together and it was quite funny and, and, and they, they got people for the audience involved with it because they were that close so it's just unique experiences like that for me and uh, the intimacy because i think that's what's lost and big festivals like festivals that are huge is that intimacy level because you kind of feel a disconnect from what you're watching whereas at the fringe you can get that connection with with the people that are performing yeah i think i think that's that's definitely the thing as well, because like I mean, if you were to, as you touched on there, you know, if you were to go to a big festival, you know, you just kind of you're watching the performer. Whereas, you know, if you're at the fringe, like I particularly like to go see like some of the magicians and all that, and like you know, obviously magicians are a participation game, really. So you know, they do obviously like they do pick on like somebody in the audience, and you know, they, you do get that interaction kind of thing between like the performer and the member of the audience. Yeah, I, I, I ended up turning into one of the annoying hecklers at a stand-up gig. As, um, Sean testified in the comments when they shut up for the whole gig. I think I started to do people's nothing, but no, that was the first time I'd ever been front row at a comedy gig. I don't know if it was something that I fancy doing again, to be honest. Certainly, certainly, no hot-cut anyway. Certainly no hot-cut anyway, something I'll never be doing again. But no, I, well, feel free as well in the comments to let us know uh, what you think is so unique about the fringe uh, festival yeah. as well? So obviously, so obviously, I've been to the fringe once. How many of you? How many times have you guys been? One, once. I think. So, I think. Sorry, I was going to say it's a novice's take on the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. The way into it, but but no, it's still it's something that I'll definitely be doing again. As well, this year they've got online events. How do you think that they're going to come across what events online? Obviously, because of the pandemic, there's like um, decreased crowds and stuff like that. Do you think that they'll come across as well? Do you think that they'll flop? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that works. Stand-up comedy is one of these things where you need people around you laughing, and the comedian needs the audience. It's like a gauge as how as a gauge of how the show's going. Yeah, yeah you're, you're playing on the audience kind of thing. Yeah. Right, well, that's the yeah. other thing. There's in the audience interaction, which a lot of comedians use as well. Not all do, but but some of them do. You know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of how many appearances, like, well, how many times I've went to the fringe. I mean, I used to do a lot when like I was kind of like younger. Like you know, you just like. Like mum and dad would say, like you know, we're just going to jump on the train and we're just going to do a day at the fringe kind of thing, and you know, you're just going to hit different like acts kind of thing, um, because like you you know that's the beauty of it. You can basically like turn up in the, on the day and like 
know, you can like walk into any show kind of thing, as long as you have, you know, obviously have a ticket, depending on who it is kind of thing. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that would be my one tip to anybody going. It would be if you're going to these shows, though, make sure that that you do arrive in plenty of time for the starting. Because there was a, there was one instance where we never got in somewhere because we were late. So um, make sure that you get there in plenty of time. But no, Ross is agreeing with you. Uh, the online stand up is pathetic. They should have just left it in his opinion. Um, so I. Um, I wasn't saying that the front row was asking for it, to be honest. I, I, I'm glad that, as Ross says here, um, he was at the front row for Frankie Boyle and Sunderland. That, as, as somebody with a disability, that's just tendency that I don't even want to go into. What's worse, the fact, what's worse, the fact he went to Frankie Boyle or the fact he went to Sunderland? <laughs> <laughs> Where is no one in the comments? I would tell <laughs> I would personally say Sunderland, but anyway, yeah. that's just because I went to Newcastle. Aye, it is an absolute dive, but um, that's one <laughs> thing as well. <laughs> that goes, any audience that we're ever going to get to Sunderland, oh, well, by the way, I've just called it an absolute dive now, that's because I, my affiliation with Newcastle. I think as well, and my only problem with Edinburgh and the French is that a lot of the, the pavements are quite cobbly, right? So as I'm getting fussed about Edinburgh, it's just a reminder constantly of how fat I am because I can just feel my belly going last twenty four seven. It's it's like being back in my mum's old rover, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, but no, there'll be plenty uh, for people to look forward to to this year. And one that I want to mention, something that I'm sure that we'll come on to talk about at some point during the podcast uh, for an episode, is it Joe Thomas who plays Simon, and in between us, he's making his debut in, in stand up comedy. Could you, imagine what, could you imagine what it would be like making your debut in stand-up comedy at the French? Nah, nah. It'd just be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if anybody, if everybody gets past the fact his name's Joe and not Simon. No, that's fair. It's like it's, it's like it's like Daniel Radcliffe. Everybody is like, well, no matter what film he does now, it's oh, there's Harry Potter. Well, no, it's not. It's Daniel Radcliffe. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, how many times do you think he's going to get heckled? Boss Wanker! A lot. It's going to be, it's going to be. Good luck to the guy. Good luck to the guy. (laughs) Just imagine, I would imagine the folk in the audience just reciting in between us quotes and he's just, like, time for another chat up, Dave. It's nice to see Sean in the comments being a hypocrite and commenting on my way. Saying that it was out of breath punching me, so I fell enough, mate. I hate it. <laughs> That's me straight on the herbal life note. <laughs> herbal life of Lee Mayer. <laughs> I think um so guys, what what uh, shows did you go and see when you you was you were at the French? Where who did went, you go and see? We went I only went to see the I went to see someone singing. Uh, live outside. Um, I can't even remember, by the way. I don't remember any. <laughs> That's someone show. having me. <laughs> it was years ago. So we kind of, oh, we, didn't really, we didn't really go to see anybody kind of a big. We just kind of went into rooms, do you know what I mean, and seen what was available. So we went to see somebody sing. We went to see a stand up comedian who was actually very good. And even at these three gigs, you can tip people at the end, do you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if. 
I'm a fan of because you're kind of you need to go up and give it to the performer, so it's kind of like you're telling them how much money they're worth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Here's fifty p, mate. Do you know what happened to be me? But no, we went to that, and then we went to the drama. I really, I really enjoyed the drama because of how, as I say, how small the room was, and, and the fact that they got people involved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, so that was it for me. What about you guys? I think I think the biggest name that I've seen at the French was a magician, Paul Daniels, and his wife, Debbie McGee. I mean, as somebody that just, you know, I just love the illusion of like, how did you do that? You know, like Paul Daniels was like, honestly, like, you know, he was like seventy-seven when he passed away, but he was honestly still performing even at that age, and it was just class to see, you know, like him in action. Um, but I've seen, I've seen like you know, every, you know, obviously the street artists are like really good as well. Um, my dad often gets picked to get uh, knives juggled over his face and <laughs> all that carry on. Um, like that's probably like you know the first time that I went, you know, I was only like yay high, and my dad's getting picked out of the crowd to do that. And honestly, I thought like at like six years old, my dad was going to lose his nose because like some guy with knife is coming like that close. <laughs> God, oh no! I, I mean, he speak he speak magicians. Um, I, I remember late, right? We went to see see Peter Powell, right? Who's kind of a like, hypnotist, kind of a. No, 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 no. This the guy gets mentioned in Still Game. Is that the guy that so, eats an onion gets his cock out? This is quite a this is quite a funny story. Right? So he goes, right, everybody, everybody clasps your hands together, and then he tries to hypnotise for and he's like, walk, walk down to the front if you're feeling anything, right? No. Obviously, the people that are going to perform on the show are sitting in the audience anyway. They already know. Right, that is the thing that's going to be doing it, and and my mate has went for the top tier, <laughs> walked all the way down the stair, all the way to the front, and turned to Peter Powers and went to sit down. And he just went, know the day, mate, and sent him back. To his seat. <laughs> that's the illusion, God. He still got up to he still got up to the seat and he's still going like that. I can feel it. I can feel it. Oh well, oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant for that. Um, that was my story for Peter Powers. Did anything mental happen to you when you were there? No. No, not really. No, the the show I went to go and see was a. Uh, I went to see like it was like a sort of a sort of charity gig, and it, it was um, Russell Howard that was hosting it. And it had uh, Jason Byrne, um, Flo and Joan, and there was another one. I can't remember who the other one was. Um, Danny Danny Boy was in it too, and then there was another one as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really good gig. They all did about fifteen minutes each, and it was just a, a really really good gig. So that was that was all I went to. Um, it was well worth. It. it was only like twenty quid for a ticket as well. It was really good actually. So yeah, for those those kind of names. Yeah. yeah, we went we went to the hype for the night out after that as well. That was a disaster. But no, we've mentioned we're twenty minutes to go now on the show, and uh, we get still got something to talk about. I think it's about time that we get into our comedians, boys, because this is going to be a lengthy debate between us. I'd imagine our top five comedians of all time. And Ross is Adam and I've missed somebody, but I still kind of think. Who oh, it is. Come on, if you've uh, you've missed somebody blatantly obvious out here. I don't know if Fraz has caught it yet or not, but you've definitely missed something. Maybe you don't like him, but 
but like, yeah, I, I, I can't see you not. So, but yeah. okay. um, so shall we start for number five? Should we all give our number five first? Yeah, yeah, and then okay. work our way up to one. Feel free to get involved with us in the comments as well, because um, obviously we want to hear your opinions. So uh, I'll start us off. My number five is Russell Howard, a guy that I've seen a couple of times. And he, he certainly divides opinion. He, he annoys a lot of folk, I know, but I just think he's hilarious, and I think he's got great variety of his jokes as well, and that's why I enjoy him. And who have you got in at number five? Yeah. I'm just I'm just going to go through my honourable mentions first that haven't made the oh, top five. Um, I've got, uh, on my honourable mentions, mentions, I've got Russell Howard, Milton Jones, Ardolo Hanlon, um, and uh, yeah, that's it. So that that's my five, uh, the ones that didn't make my five. My fifth one um, is Frankie Boyle. Um, I love how I love how far he just pushes things. <laughs> it's just I, I did not have you down as a Frankie Boyle fan. At all. I don't know. I thought you might have found Frankie Boyle a wee bit too edgy. Yeah. No, no. I, I went to go and see him in Dundee, and he was just, uh, I he was he was ripping more into the fact that he was in Dundee, pretty much for about <laughs> half the show. Obviously. So, um, yeah. No. No. That, that was uh, Frankie Boyle for me. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Ah, <laughs> uh, Frankie Boyle is is in my list. Uh, he's kind of a wee bit further up. Uh, I'm gonna say that, like, I mean, Peter K. Um, I just, I just love like Peter K. is like one of the guys that kind of just plays like on the audience, and the audience play on him like so much. And he, I just think he's just like he's just a naturally funny guy, to be honest. Stevie's clocked to his mister. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. What? And why am I? Why am I even hosting this? <laughs> Honestly, that Can't is. Can't like him that much if you've missed him out. <laughs> no, I've, I've actually just changed my top five now that I've seen his name. Oh, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking that, to myself, I was thinking to myself, like, how how has he not got Kevin Bridges in there? Like, like, or like, yeah, like, like, I can't think that you wouldn't like him because he's like a Scottish, he's really, really famous. I just don't know how you would. He's the same age as he almost. So, yeah. uh, as we can see, Sean is a fan of Kevin Bridges. He's got him in yeah. every position at the minute. Yeah. Well, um, there's, there's, that's my number four. I've got Kevin Bridges down as number there four. There we go. Number four, so, there we go. Yeah. That can kick us off there. Um, oh, thank you very much. Sean's put me number one. That's nice. Uh, but number four, I've went for Peter K. Anyway, I know I, he's not been about for a while, but I just think he's absolutely timeless. But I was meant to go and see. He's been about a while. Ah, but he's not done stand up comedy in a while, has he? He was meant to do that too. Oh, not in a while, no. He was meant to do that tour, and uh, uh, obviously, I think he became no well, and um, I had family issues, and he cancelled it, and I had tickets to go and see that. But one of my favourite Peter K jokes is, uh, have you heard the, the misheard lyrics? Yeah, I've seen that. That's yeah. absolutely class. brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, we have a div- we have divide in the comments. Ross thinks Peter K is terrible. I don't agree with that. I, I wouldn't. Uh, he's not near my top five. He's he's not really close to my top five. But I wouldn't say he's terrible. Um, yeah, I'm just going to chuck it out there. I haven't got Billy Connolly in my top five. And uh, there's, there's there's method in my madness here. I can under I can totally appreciate why people like Billy Connolly. 
Um, can totally get that. He just, it just his comedy style doesn't suit what I watch. And I'm not saying he's not a good comedian. He's just not in my top five. Yeah. There you go. I, I just think he he was someone that would, he's almost above number one, if that makes any sense, because I think he paved the way for everybody else. He was the yeah. first. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. the first, and I just think he's he, the godfather of comedy. But I, again, it's subjective, isn't it? You don't need to you don't need to like everyone. It's, it's a matter of opinion. But I'm just I'm just going to read through a couple of um, top fives that we've got before we move on. Uh, Prad, I don't think you've given us your number four yet, but we'll get that after this. Um, um, he's got M- Michelle McIntyre, I think. He means Michelle McIntyre. <laughs> um, oh, I see what he's doing there. Uh, Russell Howard, uh, Theo Vaughn, Frankie Boyle, and then Holden completely disagreeing with you, Ross. He's got Billy Conley at number one. And Roscoe, I don't know what order this is in, I'm assuming. It's some five. Um, to one, so I'll read it out. Frankie Boyle, Billy Conley, Romney, Frank and Nathan, which will absolutely make Ross absolutely seething. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell Hubbard and Jimmy Carr. So right, Fraz, number four. Here you go. Uh, I'm going to go for another comedian that kind of, you know, hits quite close to the bone. Uh, he's quite controversial. Uh, I think he's kind of banned from every award ceremony in America uh, after he's <laughs> last exploits but Ricky Gervais um, I just I just love how uh, controversial he is um, he just does not give a single shit <laughs> yeah. I like um, that shout actually that's a bit of a out the box thinking there I like that one that's cool. um, I just think you know that's the way that comedy should be you know you shouldn't just you should just you shouldn't hold back and he definitely doesn't so oh. bastard Paul you've ruined what I was going to come out with <laughs> at number two <laughs> you fuck <up. laughs> oh, I was, I was like, yeah but um, uh, right well continue no. continue the minute he tag like a comment a pin a comment no spoilers in the comments since you finished with number four Flaz, why don't you start us off with number three Hey, I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna kinda go uh, across the well, across the Atlantic and uh, hit one of the American comedians that I like. Um Kevin Hart. I think some of the you know, if you've ever watched Kevin Hart's um sketches, you know, he's very like up to the minute with what he's talking about. You know, he'll talk about the current events and pop culture and all that and he's, you know, very dark as well. So yeah, Kevin Hart's in my, my number three spot. I I like a lot of music in my comedy um, as Paul's just spoiled and uh, with that bearing in mind I have got I have got a uh, Flo and Joan down as number three um, I there was the first time I'd ever seen them was at the fringe first time I'd even heard of them um, and I know they like they, they'd had a bit of criticism for doing like a bank advert a few years before um, but they, they they weren't liked by a lot of people. They're, they're really up and coming now. They seem to be getting invited onto everything at the moment. Um, they're really really good. Um, and if you haven't seen them, they've got I think they've got like a Prime video out. So yeah, uh, go and watch them. They're, they're very very good, and it's very political. And yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. I I have never seen Flandre, so that's yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, responding to your two picks before I give mine. And Fraz, I'm really, really not a fan of Ricky Gervais. I'm sorry. I don't. 
I, I must I must have missed the memo on Ricky's entry. <laughs> to be Don't fair, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan either, but I again I appreciate why somebody would like him. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Rossi's honourable mentions are Roy Chubby Brown and Oye Evans. Lee Evans, yeah, he's a he's a classic as well. And Paul says um, he's deleting his comment. <laughs> but no, so on to my on to man number three now, and this is a guy who actually gave me three tickets for his last show because my dad was driving him to it. I've got um, Jimmy Carr in at number three. I love Jimmy Carr. I think he's brilliant. It's just, it's just the tone in which he delivers his punchlines is phenomenal. I love how he gets audience, the audience interacting with him, and he could put down anybody. Honestly, he could put down Muhammad Ali. Be a joke, there you go. That's how funny <laughs> Jimmy Carter. Damn, that's my number. That's my number three. What about you guys? Marquette number three. Oh, did you? Sorry, that's my fault. It's presenter there. Sorry, <laughs> not paying attention. Get a phone hey, Paul, call. Paul, would, okay. Paul, would you like to reveal my number two, please? So, a person that hasn't been mentioned is uh, Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey is genius, absolute genius. Um, a lot of people's not seen stuff, but they probably recognise recognise him. Like he's, he's quite. Uh, he's got quite a recognisable face, and he was on Strictly quite recently as well. First and yeah. foremost, an unbelievable musician who can play so many different instruments, and the way that he puts it into comedy is just uh, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he's he's on my number two, and was close to be my number one, but not quite. There, there we go. Bill Bailey, your number two. Flaz, who you got number two? Uh, something that's already been said, but uh, Kevin Bridges is definitely up there for me. Um, I've honestly, I've I've loved him from the minute that he hit the comedy circuit. I just felt that the stuff that he talks about are quite, you know, like he keeps it, you know, you know when he's especially when he's in Glasgow, he's, he talks specifically about Scotland and it's stuff that you know we can relate to, you know, like, you know, he's talking about like a gaff or a, and then the first one that he done, you know, talking about get your own back, which. You know, we'll talk about that in probably another future episode. But uh, it's just like, you know, it's just he's another one that's like he's very culturally, you know, accepted in Scotland. I don't know if he's culturally accepted anywhere else because nobody else can understand him. But I just think he's a very funny guy. There you go. And I can't believe I missed him so much so that I'm going to kind of do a double review here. I originally had this guy in number one, but then I heard Kevin Bridges and I was like, what am I even doing? What am I I even doing? It just never crossed my mind. So the guy that I had in number one originally was Lee Evans. So he's now my number two. Uh, I think Lee Evans. I know people will talk about how much he sweats on stage, which is... um, a fair enough comment, but for me, I just think his facial expressions and how he delivers a joke and the amount of energy he has on stage for me, and just uh, and his accents, his accents as well for me are brilliant. The thing, the thing, the fact he piles with sweat during like a a, a gig shows you how much he's putting into it. Yeah, it's pretty amicable to be honest. 
Yeah, I've seen him live twice, and I think I've watched every single one of his performances, man. And they never get old as well. You can go back and watch them and laugh just as much as, as you did when you first watched it. So there we go. I've given my number two and my number one, Kevin Bridges, so I didn't even have my top five. So I'll tell you, sir, I had fifth. I had Billy Conley in, in originally, so he had to drop out to make way for Kevin Bridges because I had to push everybody up. Controversial. So, but no, I think Billy, Billy's a creator, as I said, so uh, he's, 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 he's the GOAT, should we say. I don't think you need to say much about Billy, to be honest. Um, so I, number one, Kevin Bridges. Boss? Who's your number one? Number one. No one would have seen this coming, but I have mentioned him already. Danny Boy. Da- Danny Boy's exceptional. He's he's like my favourite. Like by for since whenever whenever I can remember, I've seen him live three times. Um, whenever he posts gigs in this country, because he does a lot of, like over in Australia now. Um, not so much since of like COVID and that, but before then, he um, he he done a lot over in Australia. So he only tours Scotland like once every like three four years. So um, yeah, no, he's he's my number one. Um, always go and see him. Um, seen him numerous times. He's he's really really good. Yeah, uh, I, I can't believe Holden's disagreeing with this Lee Evans. I, I'm assuming he's disagreeing. Um, he said, well, yes, you just answered that then they're overrated in his eyes. I'm, I'm, no chance. I'm not giving you Gervais and you're not having Lee Evans. I'm not taking it, Lee Evans. But this is, again, this is a, this is a difference in opinion eh, that we find when we're talking about these sort of subjects. It's why, it's why we do these sort of things. So, Fraz, you're closing it off for your number one comedian. Who you got? He's already been said, but obviously it's different, like, rankings. But uh, Frankie Boyle. Scott TV. Um he's just a very hard-hitting guy and the fact that he delivers it in that Scottish accent just makes it so much more beautifully presented um, is, that, is, that, is that maniacal laugh he does after he tells a joke that's gone too far <laughs> I just remember like I remember being at a house party and I was crashing at this person's house and then like I was like I went on my phone and then it came up and I suggested uh, Frankie Boyle's best like you know when that bit when he's just like picking on people in the audience you know he just like you know get he doesn't even I just don't know how he does it, you know, just so brilliantly off the cuff. I just spent, like, the morning, I was like, you know, the guy whose house I was crashing at was still asleep, and I was just watching Frankie Boyle on my phone, killing myself, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. Because I think he's just a timeless comedian. So, yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Ross was saying he speaks so polite off the stage, it's the strangest thing. I mean, I've seen him like do like documentaries and stuff, um, and yeah, he's just like a, you know, he's like a casually spoken Scotsman, and then obviously when he goes on the stage, he's just a savage. <laughs> <Be Yeah. honest. laughs> Speaking of being savage, I think this is a fair enough uh, comment. I'm sure this is on Frankie Boyle. Uh, the, the material that he's gathered over lockdown with his edgy comedy. Can you imagine what he'll be like? I think he's that edgy that I don't even think he can get on TV anywhere, can he? So, no, <laughs> but I mean, he's not only TV no. in ages, so 
That's yeah. true, Jay. I, I mean, he's got a... Right, he, did that, he did that show, was it, was it Tramadol Nights on Channel 4? Uh, it, it just ended up getting pretty much cancelled. Because <laughs> it was just I too ne- far. I never, never watched that. Um, oh, it was, uh, I remember a footballer ended up getting a bit of exposure on it. A guy that ended up playing for Dundee and that. He was, uh, he went up to him, he's like, all right, mate, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a professional footballer. Oh, professional footballer, who do you play for? And he's like, Dunfermline. He's like, not professional. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we've still, got, we've still got about five minutes left. So I think to end the show, should we give... Uh, the, the viewers, one comedian each that we can stand. I'm going to go with Sarah Milliken. I don't, I've never done that. Sarah Milliken just doesn't do it for me. Um, for us, a comedian you can stand. I mean, I can understand why people like him. I think he's like your mum's favourite comedian, Michael McIntyre. I think he's just like, he's just. As soon as he went on, like, as soon as he get, started getting, like, all these TV, like, presenting deals, like, he just, like, his comedy just kind of went down the shoot. See, if it wasn't for Michael McIntyre, I don't think Kevin Bridges would be as big as he is. Yeah, that's a very good point, because Kevin Bridges' big break came on Michael McIntyre's comedy. Michael McIntyre... I like, I, I, I don't dislike him. I think he's okay. Um, he never swears in his comedy. And I think that's what he's, he's kind of like a family-friendly comedian. Um, I can I can see why people like him, but totally respect your decision not to. Um, for, for me, um, it has to be that boy, Rob Beckett. Like, I, I, honestly... <laughs> I, he's on everything at the moment. He's on everything. And he's, I just cannot abide him in the slightest. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, nah, he's just not funny. See, as soon as he's on Mock the Week, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I, one, one person we haven't, talked, we haven't talked about is Hugh Dennis. Love Hugh Dennis. Hugh Love Dennis Hugh is Dennis. very good. Have you, have you ever seen Outnumbered, the TV show? Yeah, ah, that's brilliant. I love Outnumbered. Outnumbered's yeah, Hugh um, Dennis on Mock the Week when he does like the voiceovers of uh, clips and stuff. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's really, really good. <laughs> yes, it's good to see me and Holden finally agreeing on something. He says it's Sarah Miller and genuinely it's Toka Winkle. Um, we'd rather drag. Okay, it's weird to say that he's only got one of them through a pile of glass. Right, fair enough, Holden Miller. Uh, and Roscoe says it's Sarah Pascal. So there we go. That's the. the the shouts from the viewers. But no, I think... When you go first. I was going to say, that's the beauty of comedy, though. It just really depends on what you like to hear or what you don't like to hear. Like, you know, you kind of tailor, like, if you're kind of, like, to the nerve, that's when you go follow, like, you know, Frankie Boyle, Jimmy Carr, Ricky Gervais and all that. But if you're obviously, like, like your tamer stuff, that's when you go down the Michael McIntyre route. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think the comedy has become a lot more tamer over the last five years? I don't. I don't really remember a, a, a comedian coming out and me going, "Wow." Yeah. He's edgy. I th- I th- that's because I think Frankie Boyle put a stop to it all. <laughs> but um, but but what I would say was was, was just to, to round up, comedy. There's so much variety out there, and that's what people don't understand. There's so much different types. Like you've got your Michael McIntyre, who's your family friendly. You've got your Frankie Boyle, that's like completely outrageous. There's so much that's suited to everybody. Where 
you can't not like comedy in some way, shape, or form, and that that's why I love it. Uh, no, thank you. But thanks to everybody who has uh, viewed us today. Night. We really enjoyed bringing it to you. We will be back next week with a brand new topic for you, so stay tuned to the social medias and be sure to give them all a follow and get us who's round is it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and what? Because uh, we really are trying to grow this podcast as much as we can and keep things as fresh as we can for you but tonight we've had a race baker questions we spoke a bit about the fringe uh, and we've discussed comedy as well so I hope that you've enjoyed it and um, we look forward to seeing you again next week my thanks to Franz and Ross and we'll catch you shortly guys <laughs>